Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Today, we are joined by Wei-Li Yu, CMO at Subspace Labs. Subspace is an open, scalable, layer one blockchain and platform for both storage and computation, which is fully interoperable with any layer one. Subspace is using a proof of archival storage consensus mechanism which allows them to provide decentralized storage for protocol and application developers. Farmers on the network store the blockchain history collectively, allowing them to operate as a single distributive archival node. Subspace is working to bring smart storage at internet scale. From NFT-based gaming and metaverses to cross-chain applications, Subspace is re-envisioning the types of apps that can be stored on and secured by a blockchain. All right, then let's jump right into it. Would you mind giving us a brief overview of what Subspace is and what your role on the team actually entails? Uh, sure. Um, so maybe I will uh, give a very brief intro about myself and then, yeah, I uh, would love to jump into yeah, uh, giving an overview of Subspace. Um, so my name is uh, Wei Yu, uh, or, you know, uh, everybody calls me Wei for simplicity. Um, I'm currently the CMO uh, at Subspace Labs, uh, leading, you know, a community growth, ecosystem growth around the world, uh, in addition to other, uh, you know, uh, go-to-market and marketing initiatives. Uh, before Subspace, I was actually a leading growth at uh, Dapper Labs. Uh, many might know that, uh, you know, the company uh, by CryptoKitties uh, back in the, you know, Ethereum days, uh, they were actually the creator of the NFT standard, uh, ERC721 that you know was the backbone of the nft i guess uh, uh you know uh, i guess uh growth and uh, you know uh, i guess success of the last two years uh but they also launched the new blockchain right the flow blockchain uh on top of that uh they build like nba top shot uh nfl all that and many other you know uh, global ips uh and uh, you know at Dapper labs i was actually uh leading the uh, flow blockchain uh, ecosystem growth from pre-launch to uh, I guess, like, you know, uh, by the time I left, they had uh, nearly 5 million uh, mainnet users and, you know, uh, probably around 500 uh, dApps deployed live on, on the blockchain. Uh, and it became pretty, you know, uh, I guess, uh, globally distributed ecosystem, uh, you know, uh, with multi-billion dollar uh, values on top of it and, you know, uh, a lot of developer activities. Um, and before that, I, I was actually, you know, uh, working on other uh, uh, crypto project back starting in, back in 2017, which was built on top of Ethereum. Um, so uh, you can say I've seen like, you know, uh, a little bit of the evolution across, you know, the different ecosystems, but also the race of uh, all the, you know, alternative layer ones uh, over the years. Um, yes, that's a very interesting background. So you definitely have been around in the space. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, still far from the, you know, all the OGs, but uh, you can say I've seen, I guess, a fresh share of uh, the different, like, you know, uh, evolution and uh, also, like, you know, the uh, changes of state of, like, you know, uh, uh, what is the latest trend, right, from the early days of, uh, you know, um, governance, uh, you know, uh, auger, like, you know, kind of uh, uh, market sentiment uh, betting to, you know, uh, AMAs to, you know, DeFi summer to, like, you know, NFT. Uh, was definitely quite a ride. Um, so what is subspace? Um, so subspace network, uh, you know, at a very high level, you can see as a, like, you know, a highly scalable infrastructure layer for Web3. 
with the goal to empower and connect other blockchain ecosystems. Um, so I think that that is uh, probably our biggest differentiator in the sense like we are not here to compete with other ecosystems uh, and you know uh, and say why we're better uh, than others. Uh, but our primary goal is actually to enable connect uh, other ecosystems. Uh, so some of the core use cases, uh, you know, include, uh, for example, data availability for rollups on Ethereum to start with. Um, rollups are, are also known as the layer two, and uh, from what we've seen so far, are likely going to be the scaling uh, solution for Ethereum. But that they are facing with like data availability challenges, uh, uh, even the current state. And then you know, uh, other uh, core use cases include also archival storage for all layer ones, uh, meaning like subspace. Uh, has the ability to store the entire history for multiple blockchains, you know, hundreds if not thousands of blockchains. And we already integrated with uh, uh, Polkadot and Kusama on blockchain, and we're, and we're storing the uh, history, uh, you know, uh, and then as next, we probably want to integrate with Ethereum. And then the third, uh, probably, you know, one of the most important services that we are going to roll out uh, in the future is going to be a trustless cross-chain bridging solution uh, to ideally enable a true multi-chain future. Um, and probably many of you have seen like, you know, uh, uh, building a, 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 a robust bridging, especially a trustless one, is very hard given all the, you know, challenges, hacks that happened recently. So, um, you know, this is a, a very high level overview of subspace, um, uh, which also means that, you know, uh, ideally, well, you know, as we integrate with other uh, blockchain ecosystems, applications built on top of them can, you know, uh, easily plug into the, subspace network so then they can, uh, you know, uh, from the get-go connect directly to other ecosystems without having to migrate, right, to another uh, chain or like, you know, um, hub or, you know, alternative out there. Um, yes. And what's the current state? Can you give us some insights if you are still on testnet or if you already have planned to go on mainnet and, you know, what the current status is, how many people uh, testing or participating yeah. in whatever you're doing right now? Uh, sure, definitely. Um, so we are currently at the incentivized testnet level uh, or stage. Uh, we are at the second phase. Uh, we call it the incentivized testnet Gemini. So we finished, ended Gemini 1 back in uh, uh, end of June, uh, beginning of July, where we had uh, near like probably like uh, over 30, 13,000 nodes run by the community uh, covering 50 plus countries uh, worldwide. Um, so that was already quite an achievement considering like, you know, if you look at the all other layer ones, right? Like none of them achieved uh, uh, this scale. And, and the reason why we were so uh, focused on, you know, uh, truly battle testing our network at, uh, you know, un unprecedented scale is because uh, if we are truly going to be the data availability solution or a uh, you know, uh, provider of the you know, uh, generalized cross-chain messaging uh, protocol, right? Uh, we need to ensure our network is one of the most distributed out there, right? And, and secure, uh, for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, right now we're actually at the second phase, Gemini 2. So previously we had like, you know, 13,000 nodes uh, and that was nice, but we wanted to, you know, uh, kind of reach the next level, right? To see like how, how um, scalable and how robust the network can be and also the consensus model that we developed. Uh, so right now with Gemini 2, uh, we have a pretty uh, you know, uh, lofty uh, stretch goal, uh, but uh, one week from the launch, we're already seeing like 25,000 
uh, plus nodes run by the community, you know, from our, all around the world. Um, so you could imagine like, you know, uh, it's not that hard if, to predict that like, we might double, triple that size, right? Uh, in the coming weeks or months. Um, so yeah, that's the current state of the, I guess, network. Um, uh, we, you know, after uh, Gemini 2, um, uh, we will probably have a third uh, phase, uh, Gemini 3 uh, of the incentivized test net, where we uh, aim to test like, you know, everything uh, that we plan to, uh, you know, uh, deploy on mainnet. Uh, we don't have, uh, a, you know, set day yet for mainnet deployment, but, you know, approximately we're looking somewhere around like, you know, next year, maybe Q2, Q3, uh, you know, um, timeline. And how is the test that actually incentivized? Like, what do people get for running those nodes? Um, yeah, um, so uh, each uh, phase of the testnet, we uh, try to focus on particular aspect of the network we want to test. Um, because for us, you know, testnet is not just a way to uh, build uh, awareness and hype for, you know, uh, the network or, or the project, but is, uh, you know, for us, at least is the uh, best, uh, you know, uh, moment to actually, uh, to see how, you know, uh, you know, when the rubber meets the road, right? Like uh, how, how things actually uh, acting or, or behaving. Um, so uh, during the uh, Gemini one, uh, we wanted to test, um, you know, uh, literally like every possible scenario, uh, you know, um, um, under the hood, like from, let's say, you know, Raspberry Pi to data center size, uh, you know, storage kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, implementation to, you know, like, you know, uh, different level of connectivity, uh, different regions, firewalls, etc. cetera. Uh, and we learn a lot of lessons, right, uh, uh, from Gemini 1. So with Gemini 2, uh, we actually wanted to focus on the consensus, like how, how, how big a network, right? Like how, how massive a network we could truly uh, bootstrap uh, with our consensus model and like, you know, the farming uh, kind of a node uh, that we have developed so far. Um, so Gemini 2 actually is instead of a PVP model where like everybody is competing, to uh, you know, farm and, and earn uh, as much reward as possible uh, compared to others uh, is actually a very collaborative process. So um, we, we have broken Gemini 2 into three milestones and uh, uh, you know, uh, based on the number of nodes and storage pledged and also like you know, uh, uh, you know, how many of those nodes are live at uh, any given time, right? Um, uh, so uptime, uh, there'll be like a different tiers of milestone being unlocked where the last one will be unlocked at 75,000 nodes, right? Uh, and that will give actually every participant the maximum reward possible. So uh, on that aspect, the reward is actually uh, split evenly across all the participants. And uh, every higher milestone that one lock will give each participant more reward than the previous one. So uh, ideally that, you know, builds a much more collaborative and, you know, friendly environment for people to join. Yeah, that's a very interesting concept. Do you also, at least, you know, either for now or for somewhere in the future, do you want to eventually get Bitcoin miners to provide you with nodes instead? Is that something on your radar? Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, over the months, like, you know, many, uh, you know, uh, like you can select big to medium-sized miners reach out to us. Uh, there, there are people that, you know, even hold like, you know, petabytes of storage capacity and, and you know, mining power 
uh, that were, uh, you know, uh, interesting journey. Um, I would say, you know, uh, mm, uh, another factor like preface I wanted to share is uh, the network, uh, subspace network, right, has been permissionless from day one, even during centralized testing, which means like anyone could join, right? Uh, but also means like we don't have the power to stop anyone from joining. It's totally up to them. Um, but the efforts, the active efforts that we put in uh, at the current stage is actually to uh, try to attract as many uh, small farmers or retail or, uh, you know, or farmers, uh, you know, as possible. Uh, by farmer, uh, we, we call it our node operator, right? Farmer uh, in the uh, more mainstream term, like it will be miners. Uh, but because we are doing like a, a proof of capacity, uh, you know, model. So that's why they're called farmers. Um, so yeah, um, you know, in, in the long term, we feel like it is inevitable as, you know, the success of the network, you know, increases and, and that awareness increases, like bigger farmers will join uh, eventually. Um, but it's also like a very important in the early stage, right, to get as many small uh, participants as possible to, uh, you know, ensure like, uh, you know, as much distribution and decentralization um, of, you know, both the network and uh, participants, right, token holders in the future. Um, so you can say like, you know, we're not stopping anyone, but we are we're prioritizing smaller farmers uh, currently. Yes, that makes sense. Thank you. And can you give us, a, give us an overview of how big the team currently is and potential plans for expanding and growing your team as well? Uh, definitely. Um, so currently we are probably getting close to 30 people uh, right now. Uh, we, we are actually uh, hiring uh, onboarding new members every week. Uh, or as fast as we can find right, you know, talented candidates. Um, uh, the, the plan is probably going like, you know, uh, to double our team size, uh, you know, uh, by next year. Um, so, uh, you know, the, we, we definitely have like, you know, ambitious or lofty, you know, growth goals, but we are also, uh, you know, trying to uh, be, uh, you know, somewhat cautious, right? Because growth for, for just the sake of it uh, is not uh, uh, very beneficial and, uh, you know, I, I came from also, you know, uh, hyper growth experiences, right? Uh, for example, at Apple Labs, we went from like 100 to, you know, four, 500 uh, team members uh, in less than two years. So, you know, there are definitely benefits uh, in uh, riding the, you know, momentum way, but also there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, pains that come with it, right? Because, uh, you know, it's very hard to ensure like, you know, uh, consistency of culture and, uh, you know, uh, alignment when you grow that speed. Uh, so uh, I believe the current uh, plan is somewhat, uh, you know, uh, manageable and also like, you know, uh, we give us the uh, resource needed to um, probably, uh, you know, tackle the many challenges. Yes, thank you. I think that's a healthy approach. I think just like you said, growth, just for the sake of growth, that's going to have diminishing returns and potentially even pitfalls, which could ruin the culture which you have so carefully crafted in your company. Yeah, do you definitely. have do you have any competitors out there? Are there any companies trying to do the same thing? Um, I, I would say like uh, there are definitely uh, competitors uh, across each of the use cases that I mentioned. Uh, you know, uh, if you consider everything aggregate, is going to be a, a bit harder to find like you know a perfect match. Um, but for example, like you know, on the data availability side, like. You know, because we are, uh, you know, uh, subspace network, uh, you know, uh, under the hood is a modular layer one blockchain, right? Uh, 
uh, they can unlock like massive horizontal scaling uh, because of its uh, decoupled execution. So if you look at from that side uh, and the data availability service is uh, not that different from Celestia. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, on the data availability side, right, like, uh, and uh, farming, uh, like farmer nodes, et cetera, uh, Celestia will be the closest competitor. Um, but, uh, you know, from that point of view, actually, uh, probably is similar to like, you know, arbitrary optimism, right? While they're competing with each other, they're also growing the uh, ecosystem together for uh, layer two and rollups. So that's how we see, uh, you know, our, I guess, like approach with Celestia. We actually um, uh, would love uh, to work with them, right? To expand that, uh, you know, modular blockchain uh, kind of a paradigm uh, and, uh, you know, um, and help the all the layer two right scale in the future. Um, in the uh, you know cross chain like you know generalized cross chain protocol uh, messaging protocol, uh, then you have like a layer zero, uh, which is uh, you know um, I guess uh, well known for uh, uh, enabling like you know a new paradigm uh, for like you know cross chain uh, messaging, uh, and then also you know somewhat. Uh, uh, build uh, the you know kind of uh, leading use cases themselves, right? With uh, um, I, I believe Starport, uh, you know, uh, the DeFi aggregated liquidity, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, layer zero, but also Acceler network probably is uh, you know there, and like you know if you think about just uh, cross chain messaging, um, archival storage is a bit uh, you know uh, unique in the sense like uh, we. We want to archive the uh, full history of, of uh, you know each layer one, right? Uh, because uh, you know, as you all know, like running a full node uh, for different chains give you uh, you know the uh, incentive reward, right? But uh, no one gets rewarded for running archival node, right? Just because they're so massive and there's no uh, additional reward in doing so. So uh, even like you know, for example, Ethereum, right? But other chains. Uh, alike are facing with the challenge that uh, there are very few archival nodes. Uh, so, uh, you know, new full nodes, they need archival node to bootstrap, right, and sync. Uh, so there's that chicken egg dilemma. Uh, so if we can make, you know, the entire subspace network uh, archival node storage for each other's chain, then ideally, like in the ideal future, like any full node can sync from subspace network, which would be way more decentralized and distributed than any uh, you know, single operator, right? Uh, so uh, I think that that's quite interesting. Um, uh, uh, there may be some, uh, you know, a decentralized storage solution that trying to tackle that. Uh, I'm just not aware, you know, uh, myself. Okay, thank you. Is Substace built using Rust subs Substrate and how do you plan on attracting developers? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, I think developer adoption uh, for any layer one is always the most challenging part, right? Because, uh, you know, um, uh, adopting, like, you know, increasing community uh, participation or like, you know, um, awareness, I think is uh, uh, important, but uh, getting people to commit, you know, uh, resource and time to be on top of your chain is quite challenging hard. Like, you know, I, I got, I've been through like that uh, on the Ethereum side, in the early days, but also like, you know, with uh, flu blockchain. Um, uh, and that's, I guess, one of the lessons learned and the, the main differentiator with, uh, you know, between subspace and other alternative layer ones, uh, even the new ones, is like our go-to-market, uh, you know, initial go-to-market strategy is less about convincing people to build on top of subspace, but more subspace going 
to integrate you know, with other layer one blockchains and uh, providing the support to all the dApps you know, built on top of them. Um, so uh, in, in that aspect, uh, our target audience is not just uh, developer willing to build on top of subspace, but anyone building on the you know, supported ecosystem, right? Um, so, uh, you know, on that front, we're actually prioritizing protocol integration uh, so that, you know, uh, we can uh, support, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dApps uh, afterwards. Um, Which also means that it's probably just like you currently do, it's more important to focus on having enough nodes run by enough different people for everything to be scalable and to actually be able to run all those different dApps. Um, correct. Uh, and also you need to be trustworthy and reliable and secure enough, right? Like in a sense, like if we go to, let's say the Optimus and the Arbitrum or Starkway of the world, right? They're not going to leverage at, uh, just like any random new chain, right? They have billions of value, right? Locked in the system. They have like, you know, um, of course, a big reputation to maintain. Uh, so if they are going to deploy, let's say the existing uh, chain or even a new chain, they're going to roll out, right? Like layer two. Uh, and integrate with uh, subspace, then we, we better, you know, uh, ensure like, you know, it is a robust and one of the most decentralized or distributed network, right? Uh, in addition to, of course, providing a trust, trust minimized or trustless kind of a bridging solution back to Ethereum or other chains, right? Um, so those components are, 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 you know, the minimal requirement for some of those like, you know, big players to integrate. Uh, and that's why we're working so hard, uh, as you mentioned, right, in bootstrapping the, uh, network layer, right, at first, instead of rushing and, you know, uh, and doing everything else. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, to everyone listening, it would be very appreciated if you guys could leave a retweet and the like on the event to be sure that we give our guests the right exposure. Sure. So kindly leave a retweet, uh, leave a like, and keep listening. Thank you. So the next question uh, would be touching on your current state of funding uh, and obviously only the things which you can actually disclose, meaning what kind of partners do you currently have, what kind of partners are you looking for in the future, and overall, what's your runway and how do you intend to have enough liquidity to keep building subspace to where it needs to be? Um, sure, uh, definitely. Um... So uh, personally, you know, having gone through like, you know, the, uh, the long, uh, you know, crypto winter of 2018 and 2020 and seeing like so many projects, you know, decimated uh, by the unexpected, let's say, you know, lack of funding or, or, or like somewhat like not the usage or management of the funding. Uh, I definitely, you know, uh, learned some lessons from that. Um, uh, so uh, on, on that front, like Subspace uh, raised, um, around like 35 million, uh, right? Uh, recently, like in Q1, led by Pantera Capital. Um, and if we look at just like a current team size, uh, we have a, almost a decade of run rate. Um, you know, so uh, we're not running out of fund anytime soon. Um, but even if we continue with our like, you know, somewhat ambitious goal of doubling our team size, right? By, by next year, uh, we still have like many years, uh, you know, left uh, of run rate. And that's uh, not without considering any additional fund or even a community token offering that might happen before mainnet. Uh, and, you know, uh, so we're very well positioned to, uh, you know, continue developing and uh, delivering uh, on the roadmap. 
Um, and, uh, you know, uh, of course, we, we have uh, had many investors right, like, uh, reaching out to us, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, interested in learning about the next uh, fundraising round. It's just like, you know, we have uh, prioritized our kind of, you know, internal milestone, right? Like uh, in, uh, Gemini 2 uh, first, and, and then we might you know, uh, consider about future fundraising rounds. Yes, yeah, that sounds great. And uh, give you one more one moment to read through some of the community questions which we have. Um, so, what role do you think the top tokenomics play in what are you currently building? And you know, there's always a, a fine balance between the tokenomics for the ecosystem, but then you also have obviously your investors and stakeholders and, and the tokens for a team, which also need to be taken care of. So how do you currently see those dynamics play out in the future? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, I, you know, um, I, I've seen many pieces of, uh, you know, the token role uh, in, in a protocol, uh, you know, for, for many years, many, uh, like, you know, there, there was a, a the fat uh, protocol thesis that many of you may have read, right? Uh, uh, where, you know, uh, somewhat like, you know, explains like, you know, some of the value capture for the layer one or underlying, you know, kind of infrastructure layer. Um, but, you know, among all, all, all different, like, you know, um, models, like um, our belief is that, uh, you know, token, we have a function of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, value distribution as well as like, you know, uh, participation, right, uh, in the long term, um, because, uh, you know, why it is imperfect, uh, it is a, uh, still a great uh, tool to coordinate a, highly distributed uh, kind of community ecosystem, right, in the long run. Um, but we're also like a very community centric. And that's what I really like about the subsystem. team. Uh, and one of the reasons that, you know, made me decide to join is that, you know, we have allocated uh, uh, more than 50% of the total supply uh, to the committee, right, uh, and farmers, which means like ideally, like, you know, uh, you know in the long term, uh, the farmers uh, and the community will control the network um, so, you know, uh, that's, that one set aside. And then we have, of course, like, you know, upcoming uh, uh, foundation and, you know, similar to other ecosystems that, that will, you know, um, probably like uh, run, like, you know, uh, uh, grants and other, like, you know, uh, ecosystem growth uh, strategies. Uh, in terms, like, you know, uh, pure tokenomics, um, we have a few layers, um, but also, like, you know, I, I don't want to, like, you know, uh, put on too many details because uh, it is still in the work uh, and ideally we can share uh, more detailed tokenomics in the coming month or so. Um, but, you know, uh, there's the farmer, uh, of course, the block rewards, right? Similar to many proof of work model, it's just like proof of capacity or more specifically our proof of archival storage is much more like say, uh, environmental friendly and, and you know, uh, sustainable. Uh, but, you know, th there's the block reward subsidy and then there's like, you know, gas fee for transaction where that will be captured as well as like a storage fee, right? For all the farmers uh, that will be captured. Um, once we enable, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, trustless cross-chain messaging protocol, uh, probably like there's going to be an extra fee for message, like, you know, passing. Um, so there'll be like, you know, a few, uh, I guess, uh, a value capture across different layers. Why did you decide to develop on the dot ecosystem and what are your plans to become cross-chain? 
Um, well, uh, it's not like we are developing uh, solely on, on the you know, uh, the summer ecosystem. Uh, it's more like uh, we chose uh, to use Substrate framework, right, to, to build Substrate. So Substrate is a, a, a blockchain framework um, built by the Parity team, or, or like initially built by, by the Parity team, um, which allows you, you know, to um, build like, you know, very sophisticated blockchain, uh, you know, uh, networks, um, which is uh, somewhat similar to the Cosmos SDK. So, you know, there, there are only a few frameworks out there, right? The Cosmos SDK, the, the Substrate, and maybe like one or two more, um, you know. Uh, so, uh, and because uh, the entire, let's say, uh, the summer ecosystem, right, is actually built using Substrate, uh, was actually very easy to uh, do the initial integration with some of those, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, ecosystem um, participants. Um, that's why we also prioritized, you know, archiving or testing out the archival storage with uh, Polkadot and the Kusama uh, because we were already using right, Substrate. Um, but, you know, that, that does not mean like we're limited, right, to only uh, the Summer ecosystem. It's more like uh, where we started, right, uh, overall. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, our next uh, uh, plan, like, you know, or step is to integrate with the uh, Ethereum ecosystem and then ideally enable the data availability and the, the bridging solution uh, between the two. Yes, thank you. What approach do you think protocols trying to solve the interoperability across chains should take? And what do you think of Cosmos, IBC, and Polkadot XCM? Um, good, good question. Um, so uh, I, I would say like, you know, uh, Polkadot IBC and, no, sorry, uh, Cosmos IBC and Polkadot XCM, that, that both, both like a great, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, cross-chain messaging protocol uh, within the, you know, set framework, right? Because IBC works with, you know, uh, Cosmos SDK chain, right? Uh, that is integrated with like, you know, the Cosmos hub, I believe. Um, and then like, you know, the XCM is for all the parachains, right? Uh, as part of the Polkadot ecosystem. Um, so uh, each of them are, are somewhat like, you know, uh, where to give them credit, like each of them are, are pretty robust. The only difference between our cross-chain kind of uh, you know, uh, messaging protocol and them is uh, we are just making a broader, right? We're not uh, forcing people or asking people to, hey, you know, become a parachain or become a, you know, Cosmos, uh, you know, uh, chain or zone, right? Um, but it's more like uh, you, you stay where you are, you know, keep uh, your identity, your ecosystem or your implementation model. Uh, ideally, we want to uh, uh, support you or come to you, right, uh, uh, to unlock this cross-chain uh, ecosystem. Mm. So it's more like, uh, you know, once integrated, it's uh, uh, like, a service to all the dApps being on top of, of each chain that they can tap into this uh, multi-chain future uh, and also like, you know, a market, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, uh, so on that aspect is uh, somewhat closer or more similar to layer zero and what they've done so far because they are, they are you know, more like a chain agnostic, right? Uh, where they have like, you know, a simple implementation model that each chain can do to be supported. Yes, thank you. What is the current TPS and block finality? Um, hmm, uh, good question. Um, 
I don't have that on top of my mind uh, right now. So uh, I don't want to give you a, a random number. Uh, I think block final, like um, we, we don't have a like finality gadget, uh, you know, similar to uh, uh, some other chains. So we have like uh, someone like, I, I believe, uh, don't quote me on that. It's more like a Nakamoto style, like, you know, probab probabilistic finality, like, you know, KDEF blocks to give you like a certain guarantee of like, you know, that it is final. Um, to a certain like you know uh, statistical I guess probability, um, so uh, right now is that models. This means like you know you want to wait for like you know k blocks uh, uh, to be you know somewhat confident. Um, that that plan maybe to add uh, some finality gadgets uh, in the future, um, but you know <laughs> uh, probably like you know uh, we we will like you know our CEO or CTO probably are the best one to answer the question. Um, um, on the throughput side, uh, I don't have the number now, um, but um, I guess one thing I can share is uh, uh, the architecture, right? Subspace networks architecture is actually very interesting because, uh, uh, you know, big, uh, thanks to its decoupled uh, execution, uh, which means like consensus and computer separate, uh, you know, uh, and from that aspect, it's actually very similar to what uh, Flow does. Uh, we just simplify some of those node structure. Um, uh, Subspace network is actually very horizontally scalable. Like, uh, uh, and what that means is that every like each additional farmer node will uh, be we increase the overall network throughput. Um, and that's like you know uh, seems like you know simple, but that was the biggest uh, limitation factor for Ethereum, right? Uh, or even like Solana. Uh, in the sense that like on Ethereum, the uh, limitation of, uh, you know, um, the blockchain throughput was uh, set by the full node. Like uh, a single node, right, full node, what they're able to uh, compute and process uh, was the uh, throughput for the entire network. Um, because every node, uh, you know, somewhat repeated the same process, right? Like, um, and Solana, yeah, is the same. Like they have a highly optimized single nodes, right? That they're supposed to, you know, improve uh, scalability because they believe like hardware will scale faster than demand. Uh, While well, subspace is different. Like every node we add to the throughput. So uh, the more nodes we have in the network, the more throughput we'll be able to handle. But also the more storage space we'll be able to handle. Uh, so uh, on that side, like you know, uh, I think our CTO. Uh, uh, Nazar had a talk that you can find on our website. Uh, I think like uh, you know on on the learn page, where he was uh, presenting the architectural kind of uh, roadmap to achieve a one million TPS, right? Like uh, transaction per second uh, one day. Um, but of course, between now and then, like you know, uh, we'll have quite a bit of uh, you know, work to do. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Seeing that what is being built why SSN is innovative and new. What challenges and hurdles does Subspace see when it comes to tech security risks in the space when exposed to more commercial demand, user growth, and exposure to certain security risks? Mm, yeah, um, that's, that's a hard question to answer, uh, you know, um, in vacuum because... Uh, you know, uh, uh, as a soft software developer, I guess one that axiom uh, uh, to, I guess, follow is like no, no software is 100% secure, right? Like uh, there's always going to be uh, new bugs and exploits and often it's not even 
by the uh, logic or implementation of the software itself, but you know, uh, a lower level, let's say libraries or like even hardware, like you know, whatever, like uh, is or even like you know, uh, integration, right? Partners, etc. So uh, I would say like, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be a constant, I guess, monitoring and the auditing process. Um, the team is uh, definitely very um, opinionated in, in the quality of code, but also like testing. Uh, but we also wanted to ensure we have like redundant auditing uh, process, right? So we're not just going to rely on one auditing uh, you know, firm uh, to tell us like, you know, the software or the uh, consensus product is secure, we'll probably leverage like two or three or even five, five of them, right? Uh, for each round or each phase uh, to ensure like, you know, we, we have somewhat like, you know, a, a, a strong, uh, you know, um, strong enough belief, like, you know, uh, things that we deploy are secure. <clears throat> and the same with like, you know, cross-chain, of course, like, you know, uh, bridging a protocol. Uh, you know, some of that is out of our hand because the, the integration partner, right? The other chain might integrate the bridge on their behalf, right? Um, on, on that front. Um, so, you know, it's not like we have 100% control on how those integration will go, uh, but, you know, it's definitely on top of our mind, right? Um, after uh, witnessing all those, you know, hacks and challenges right, with existing bridging solutions. Yeah, thank you. And there was actually a, a follow-up question, uh, which I already touched on, uh, which was, has subspace been subjected to any external auditing? Yeah, uh, we, we definitely uh, are already engaging with uh, multiple parties, not just a single one. Uh, and and we're, okay. we're doing a cross, yeah. And we're even doing a security audit with our farm uh, node, uh, the, the desktop app, uh, you know, um, so that we can ensure this secure um, because the desktop app uh, is probably going to be the mostly adopted one once we're ready to launch because we allow uh, anyone, even like, you know, less tech savvy or non-crypto uh, native users to just run an app on their computer and, and participate, right? So uh, that's why we're putting a lot of emphasis on the security on that one. Yes, thank you. Subspace is described as a fourth gen blockchain with no compromises. How does your L1 solve the blockchain dilemma? Um, yeah. Um... Uh, again, uh, it's not like, you know, uh, th there's no blockchain that has zero compromise, right? Like, uh, I mean, like, you know, perfect state. It's just like the, the original trilemma uh, was actually not the limiting factor. There'll be additional limiting factor, right? In, in a sense, like, uh, probably like, you know, bandwidth, you know, internet bandwidth, it might be somewhat a limiting factor, how, how much like, you know, uh, a network can scale once they solve the initial trilemma and, and many others, of course. Um, so uh, uh, we kind of, uh, you know, solve the initial trilemma between like security, scalability, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, speed uh, was the third one. Uh, um, in a way that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, via two uh, main, uh, you know, uh, adoption. One is we develop a, a pretty novel, like, you know, proof of archival storage uh, consensus model, uh, which is a, uh, variant of the proof of capacity uh, that, you know, coupled with, uh, you know, kind of a de uh, decoupled execution model <clears throat> allows <clears throat> allows us to have almost like massive participation on the consensus side. Um, you know, imagine hundreds of thousands of farmers uh, that will handle the security part. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and um, because of, uh, you know, the decoupling, each of them don't need to execute the same uh, logic, 
uh, and which you know uh, contributes to a horizontal scalability, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, opportunity. Uh, and then, like you know, with the execution nodes, uh, you know, we can actually have a, a way more kind of a specialized hyper-performant uh, server setup, right? Uh, or even data center level setup, where you know the farmers uh, uh, take care of the consensus and the ordering of the transactions and packaging the block, you know, uh, uh, content, and then they will ship it to the executor nodes, which will just simply compute, right? The uh, states change. Um, uh, and uh, the beauty of it is uh, the executor node will only compute deterministic transactions, which, uh, you know, in essence means like anyone can check, uh, you know, if a segment or portion of the transaction is valid or not, but just look at the input and output, right? Uh, is you know fully deterministic, which means like you know uh, why uh, you know our executive node might be very high performer and compute like hundreds of thousands of transactions. Uh, any single node, whether it's a farmer or external node, can inspect a subset of those transactions to detect any error fault. So by combining those two, actually you can uh, you know have a network that's like highly decentralized, highly performant and scalable, right? Like uh, uh, and, and fast enough, right? Like uh, uh, to uh, address the you know, future needs. Um, yeah, so I guess that's the essence of how how subspace team uh, you know handle that. Um, and then you know th there'll be like a, a, a addition uh, uh, in the coming Gemini uh, three, which is called the distributed uh, you know uh, storage network, uh, which will allow a farmer not to have to download the entire history, but only uh, manage a segment of it, right? Um, uh, making like farming even simpler. Yeah, that's good to know because that's actually part of the next question. So uh, maybe you can just elaborate a little bit more on that point. Uh, so let me read, read the question. It's a little bit long because it gives a little bit more context. Um, the question is, will the protocol still function properly even under a much greater demand? For instance, assume Polkadot and Parachain eco grows enormously so that the whole blockchain data is of like about 100, uh, excuse me, 100 terabyte. ETH archive node today already requires several terabyte of storage. Mm -hmm. So I think this assumption is realistic. Will the system still function well so that call for specific data is answered within same or next block and requirements for the subspace node can maintain modest? Um, yeah, uh, well, uh, I guess there, there are different levels I can answer this question, and there's a very technical one, um, probably, uh, you know, I don't have the full context, right, on, on like, you know, a highly efficient retrieval of uh, arbitrary data, right, um, because uh, uh, you have to imagine, like, you know, a subspace data um, is a permanent storage, right, so if you have a, a permanent storage, uh, it, it's never going to be as performant as, like, you know, kind of a more ephemeral ones. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, the idea is like, it's not like you're, you're loading a website and just pinging the network every second, right? To pull out like hundred thousands of files. Um, we believe there will be like additional service layers being built on top of it. Uh, like, you know, for example, caching, uh, distributed, you know, network storage uh, and, and all those things that, you know, web two already figure out, right? Uh, to make it highly scalable. Um, in terms of like, you know, capacity to store uh, multiple chain, uh, definitely, like, um, to just give you an example, right, like on Gemini 1, we had uh, around like, well, four to five petabytes of uh, storage pledged, which means like, you know, it can store like hundreds, if not thousands of Ethereum full 
archival nodes, right? Like as history. Uh, this means like if there are a thousand chains as big as Ethereum, we can still uh, store all of them, right? On, on the subspace network, they still have space left to do uh, something else. Um, um, but you know that that was like only like a small testing phase. Uh, we we believe like you know uh, it's not going to be that hard uh, to you know increase uh, and supply has never been an issue to be honest uh, for like you know proof of capacity chains. It's more like the demand and the uh, quality or utility of those uh, data being stored. Um, so on that front, actually, you know, subspace not just it's not just a arbitrarily like say decentralized storage right platform. Uh, that's just like a result of uh, the uh, consensus model that we build. So you can see like the storage layer as more like a future uh, than just the end uh, by itself. Uh, while the additional data service, right, data availability, uh, trustless bridging is going to be actually what will make the whole blockchain kind of, uh, you know, complete, right? Uh, because there's a difference uh, if you store a four megabyte block data, right, from let's say Arbitrum that's you know securing like a billion dollar ecosystem versus like one gigabytes of video file right so uh we are actually initially going to focus more on the quality of data rather than the quantity uh, but even that you know said like we, we, we will have like more than plenty the capacity for the entire you know blockchain ecosystem yes thank you and i just want to uh, give you a uh, a compliment here because you are the CMO, but you know a lot on the technical level of subspace. And I, I'm very um, happy that you have the capability to answer all those technical questions because they are quite in-depth and uh, they are also quite complex. So thank you very much for uh, being so competent. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, uh, you know, I, I definitely love diving into the technical uh, side because, you know, um, uh, I believe, you know, as a CMO, like, you know, uh, you need to understand the products thoroughly, right? Like, uh, at least, like, high level to to be able then, you know, uh, present in, in the best way, but also, like, you know, uh, uh, present in the right way, right, to the audience, uh, because we do have a responsibility on that front, right, um, to to be as uh, direct and transparent as possible uh, without, you know, promising the moon, right? Uh, um, uh, but you know that that said, actually, funny enough, uh, you know, I'm the least technical, of course, uh, among you know the uh, uh, executive team members, right? So uh, you you can imagine how how much technical our CEO is, you know, who architected the consensus, um, or, or even our CTO. So uh, one day, maybe if you have a chance to join the AMA, it will, it will be quite interesting. Yeah, no, that would definitely be excited, uh, exciting. But it's it's surprising to hear that you are the least technical because you are very, very technical. So that, I think that's a very good thing. Um, so let me just uh, ask the community once again, if you guys have any live questions, then please drop them in the comments and use the hashtag VVVFund so that they show up on my end in chronological order. So one question is, how do you assure the permanent accessibility? For instance, if some data is not carried rarely so not much incentives for nodes to save such data but crucial for some chain security is such data still last for a long time um okay if i understand correctly the question is like okay ha huh, uh if a chain is relying on on that data right for the uh cooperation right how um um no, what is the guarantee that the data is uh, actually does persist, right? Like uh, permanently. Um, 
uh, if that's right. the you know question, uh, you know, in, in the right interpretation, um, yeah, that that's the beauty of the proof of archival storage, uh, in the sense like any data, uh, and also uh, you know, um, that's uh, also the difference between subspace and some of the other uh, decentralized storage solution like Filecoin are with, in the sense like. Uh, every piece of data stored on subspace is going to be part of its history. Um, so uh, there's really no way to lose that unless the entire uh, you know, network goes down. Um, so it's similar to like, you know, how if you store a piece of you know, data on, on the Ethereum blockchain core data, right? Like a kind of slot, uh, th that's going to be very expensive uh, because that's going to be part of the Ethereum history forever, right? Unless there's a real. So, so that, uh, you know, at high level guarantees uh, the permanency and like, you know, um, uh, I guess like everlasting nature of, of the uh, data stored on subspace. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, there's also like, you know, the, uh, uh, and you're like, okay, what if the, you know, 50% 50, 50 of the network goes down, right? Like, or, or, you know, how much does it, how, how many nodes need to go down for us to lose uh, a piece of data? Um, because, you know, for, uh, people who are aware of, you know, how the subspace consensus model, like, you know, uh, uh, in general implementation works is uh, because every node doesn't need to store the full history. Uh, and that's the beauty of, you know, that enables the scalability, right? A horizontal scalability of the uh, network. There's also a, a drawback, right? Because not every node is storing the full history, then uh, there'll be a point where like, uh, uh, you know, given enough nodes going down that you will, Kind of lose some part of the uh, you know history archival uh, storage you know on, on the network, um, and the answer to that is every piece of data stored on subspace will have a uh, you know we we will go through like a ratio encoding, which means like they are uh, you know splitting a, a piece of data into multiple chunks, and they are also like you know encoding them to multiply those chunks. Right? Imagine if a data is split into three chunks and then you encode uh, with an output of nine chunks. Uh, this means like out of the, these total nine uh, you know, pieces of data, uh, any, any three pieces will be able to make you recover the original data. And that's like the beauty of uh, you know, the original coding uh, that was used for floppy disk or like you know, a, a hard drive. So that like, you know, you, that you have a redundancy recovering uh, data, you know, if a segment is uh, kind of uh, scratched or lost. Um, and that's my kind of layman understanding of it. Uh, so the replication factor is going to uh, be the security model, right? Of, of like, you know, beyond like, you know, the fact that your data is uh, saved in the history. So, you know, if everything is acting as normal, you will never lose it. But if, uh, you know, a huge chunk of the network goes down, uh, you know, the replication factor determines like how many of them will go, uh, you know, how many nodes need to go down to lose uh, any, uh, you know, piece of data. Um, and, you know, we will probably start a network with a pretty high replication factor, right? Could be like in the order three, five, or even 10 or 100, depending on the capacity. Um, and, and the good thing is that that replication factor is not manually determined. It's almost like set automatically via like uh, automatic making maker, uh, market maker kind of model. Um, so that like, if there are more nodes coming and more space being pledged, uh, then uh, those disk space is not going to be empty. They're actually going to store a segment of history that will increase the replication factor, right? As more demand comes in, the replication factor uh, gets decreased because some of those redundancy gets replaced with a uh, new data, right? So um, 
all, all those like architecture are, are meant to ensure like, you know, probably like a very, very safe storage. <laughs> uh, hopefully I didn't go too long on that answer. No, that's fine. Thank you. And um, we have one question, uh, which seems to be very popular here. So I'm going to read it. It's from Masak. And he's asking, how we seem to be a golden child of blockchain and Web3 in terms of decentralized storage. Numerous projects have kept mentioning it as their preferred long-term solution. How do you position subspace versus Arweave? What are Arweave shortcomings that subspace solves? Um, yeah, uh, I, I want to start with a preface that, you know, we're not really competing with Arweave directly, right? Uh, Arweave is, is really like, you know, a position that serves as the, you know, permanent decentralized storage for like, you know, uh, arbitrary object or like a website, right? Like, uh, uh, which, you know, is great. We need a service like that. Uh, but subspace is a, uh, you know, more than just storage, right? As I mentioned earlier, is uh, about what we store and the quality of data stored, uh, rather than just like you know, uh, storage, uh, arbitrary storage, right? For for the sake of it. Um, but you know, th there are some differences, even if we look at the storage layer, right? Um, uh, and, and the main difference is uh, uh, the subspace consensus protocol uh, was built uh, from, let's say, ground up to make sure the storage layer is fully coupled with the consensus. Uh, you know, uh, the, the way uh, uh, space, uh, you know, uh, uh, is dynamic, the pricing is dynamic, just like automatic making maker, and also like replica replication factor, uh, and like the fact like, you know, any object stored is part of the history. All those are actually like, you know, a lot of benefits, right? Are, um, provide a lot of benefits. Uh, why our wave uh, is, is somewhat like, you know, they have like a, a separate notion between storage and proof of work. So they're like almost like hybrid, like they have a proof of work and then they have a storage that, you know, somewhat connects, right? Like, or, or, or interfaces with that uh, proof of work mechanism that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not expert, so uh, probably hard for me to go into details. Um, so there's, there's a different notion, like, you know, the network actually doesn't know at any given time, what is the total space available on uh, the Arweave network? Uh, therefore, like the, the pricing model is actually very uh, manual. Like that was set a fixed price for the entire network, right? Per bytes or you know per megabyte, uh, and then they will have manually adjusted, right? Um, and also like you know the uh, the uh, node or storage provider is not as a, a dynamic as a subspace. So um, they're quite fundamental uh, architecture difference. Um, on that front, um, and you know, uh, our goal is to make like also like you know, the SDK and the storage much more simpler. Um, so uh, you know, uh, I, I would say like it's almost like you know, uh, uh, ideally we want to be more like the automated market maker experience rather than order book experience, right? Um, if you can, you know, <laughs> distill to that, you know, somewhat uh, comparison. Yes. All right. Why? Thank you very much. And before we end the AMA, uh, I just want to give the community a shout out as well, because many of the questions have actually been curated by the community and by the team. So if I sound smart by asking those technical questions, all the credit has to go to the community and the team. They are really the ones doing the research and really doing deep, deep dives and going into all the details and asking things which are relevant and which hopefully got you excited as well to answer them. Um, and I'm very appreciative of your 
answers why and your technical knowledge. And we have many, many questions lined up. So we maybe have many, uh, have uh, gone through 30% of them. So if there's any a time for a follow-up AMA, I would be very much interested in that. And I'm sure the community would be happy to learn more as well and to ask all the remaining questions. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I want to thank you, everyone, uh, and also the VVV fan uh, uh, for hosting. Uh, some of those questions have, have been definitely great. Uh, you know, um, definitely shows like, you know, uh, some research and, and uh, deep understanding of subspace. So that's always, you know, appreciated. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I hope, you know, <laughs> the answer I provided uh, was somewhat helpful. And, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, I was able to give you a uh, a uh, good overview of uh, you know, uh, what subspace network is and uh, you know, our uh, long-term goal. Uh, but yeah, it has been a pleasure being here. Likewise, why? It was absolutely amazing to have you and we are very glad to have learned more about subspace. And thank you once again for your time. We will stay in touch and if there's any way in which we can support you, just let us know and we will see how well we can help you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we'd love to stay in touch. Thank you again. Uh, bye. Yeah. Thank you, I, and thank you guys for listening in. It has been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for all the retweets and for all the likes. It's really great to see the engagement, and I'm sure there will be another hundred or thousand people listening to the recording. So thank you once again for attending live. Thank you for listening to the recording, and I'm hopefully seeing everyone again on our weekly meeting on Sunday and for the AMAs, which we have lined up for next week. Thank you, guys and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.